everyone um, today we have a wonderful guest neil who's the founder of robin hood army we're going to dive deep into uh, how he got started what the company has done so far what's the mission and what keeps neil going so neil tell us a bit about uh, yourself and how did uh, robin hood army occur well, thanks so much for having me here utkarsh and uh... just wanted to call out uh, it's very inspiring to see what uh, different members of network capital are up to and how the community looks out for one another so it's uh, feel special to actually be part of this masterclass so thank you for having me um it's i think so just uh, just introducing myself uh so it's a difficult question you know like that to say in a couple of lines like who you are but uh, yeah i'm born and brought up in agra and bombay i have lived across a few cities in a few countries uh and i'm currently based in delhi um i started my career in finance uh, found it really really boring and uh, i don't think i was really great at it and then i moved and joined uh, zomato at a very early stage um hmm. and that was uh, so so i spent around 6 years there uh building different markets and different business teams after which uh, i went to business school and uh, my life's passion has been um, something i've been doing alongside with zomato and business school and even right now i work in google uh, for um, the google pay team uh, is something called the robin hood army and uh, that's something which i would love to share about and talk about as as we go ahead today yeah you know my next book is called the passion economy and the side hustle revolution and i noticed that um, almost every interesting person i know has a has a side hustle or a passion project and in in my case and you know especially the other community members that i see the side hustle is such an important part of uh, you know that identity that being um tell me about the name robin hood army how did it come to you and um, what inspired it So honestly this was not extremely well thought out it was quite random um so one of my in 2014 my role in zomato was setting up our international markets so i spent around 6 to 12 months uh, in each country uh build our content launch our team take business to a certain level and go to the next market so this was in portugal and i think this was april 2014 when we were setting up then we were not very well funded at that point so a lot of just uh, like a lot of our establishing presence was through building uh, local partnerships and one of the teams we happened to partner with was this team called refood which is a very very credible organization in uh, lisbon and actually across portugal and what they did was something really really simple and uh, they would collect surplus food from restaurants and give it to the less fortunate uh, through volunteers and uh, honestly till then i had nothing altruistic in my life and i just found it extremely uh, obvious you know that something like this uh, should exist so i just was very fascinated by the idea so i spent some time with the founder who was an american gentleman who had gone back backpacking into lisbon and uh, i spent some time with the team trying to understand what motivated them what were their processes and when i came back to uh, delhi i got in touch with two friends arushi and anand 
and we decided to just like try it out for like a couple of weeks and figure out where that heads uh, hmm. along with whatever we did the name was um like a lot of things in the robin hood army not completely like thought out i think robin hood uh steals from the rich and gives to the poor we don't really steal but we try hmm. to like make things a little more equitable and like uh, use our networks our resources our time more most importantly yeah uh, to people who are probably not as fortunate as we are or as blessed as we are and army is because i think that comes a lot from it doesn't matter if someone is right or left or like what religion they follow or what they do for their full time jobs or what age they are um, an army is something which has like one mission which is like serving people and i think that's why we just like kind of plug both the names of honor and army and somehow it just stuck yeah it has a great uh, ring to it um what emerges uh, is the concept of time banking you looked at networks you looked at unutilized asset which was time and then started you know implementing that in delhi uh, where you were perhaps based so what were the first 100 days like so good question i think uh, even when we started off we didn't really think through the, this is what the first uh, one year or six months three months is going to look like and mm. i think for better or for worse we just hit the ground running you know and i think uh, mm. sometimes um some of your best learnings or uh, practices come from just like throwing yourself into the deep end so let's say day one um we had a few networks uh, we had a few people from our networks who were restaurant owners and we kind of convinced them that look this is what we're doing can you can can you help us with your surplus food and we'll go give it to folks in the streets and uh, we were that time a lot of us were living around central and south delhi so we we thought oh, let's let's go out and figure out um, who we can give the food to and we had food for 150 people on the first night now even on that very day like i was actually not very sure whether we'll find 150 people right i'm like okay, maybe that's a bit too much and uh, maybe the food is too much but when you go looking for folks right like who live in the streets who come to be treated in public hospital and living on the streets there or often it is old age homes there are tens and thousands in anyone's immediate vicinity you just need to go looking for them so i think that's when this kind of like we had a labor moment between not just like me but all the people who were out the four five people who were out giving food that day and we like you know like if we want to um if we want to do something which really makes a difference we'll have to think about this less as a sunday activity and less as an ngo and more as like how do we scale this organization how do we get people who are much better than us how do we build systems uh through which people can like pick this up and i think that was kind of like the first moment where we were like, okay cool if we have to do something it will like really really expand and do it at a large scale uh secondly i think i think after that we started sharing a lot of what we did on social media you know right. like because robin hood like these two young working professionals wearing green t-shirts and going out and giving food yeah. and uh, one major part of the giving the food bit was we're not thinking of it as a mobilization platform it's like really like talk to the people you're giving food to like make them laugh like get to know them uh, they're hmm. not they not you're not doing them a favor you're just like spending more time with another section of community and that's something which we still try to protect you know because that really helps us to get to know these folks and keeps the dignity in what we do uh, and so i think when we started sharing things on social media and this was because a lot of restaurant owners were like 
we don't know where the food is going. So we're like, okay, cool. Let, let us show you pictures of where it's going. So we share these pictures of not sadness or deprivation or um, or, or or hunger. It was just like special moments of like let's say giving a high five to a kid who you're giving food to, or like spending time with some dadi and giving her a flower along with the food. And uh, again, young folks were wearing green and doing this in their free time. So that somehow really resonated and connected with a lot of people and a lot of folks who uh, from other cities, from Bombay and uh, Hyderabad and Bangalore, Calcutta, they kind of reached out to us and tell us, tell us when you're coming into our city. And I think that was also slightly a pivotal moment because I remember having that conversation with Anand and Arushi. And I was like, do we wait till we get our structures and processes perfect in Delhi? And then do we move to the next city? Or do we just like either fly down for the weekend or get on a Zoom call and explain to people what are the three or four things you need to do to start a chapter? And uh, let's see where that heads. And I'm so, so, so grateful that we took the latter option of like just choosing to trust people and giving them the playbook, you know, like how do you onboard a restaurant? How do you like mobilize folks? How do you leverage social media? I think that was something which was really, really, really key to um, like our culture, you know, which is of like complete decentralization. And what we realized is that a couple of the cities, Bombay and Hyderabad specifically, they actually grew much faster than Delhi in those days. And that's when we realized that, look, there are no dearth of people who want to make a difference. Uh, and there are no dearth of people who have a pulse on the ground much better than us. But how do we bring people under this umbrella? How do we spread the word? How do we kind of create this community of folks who want to make a difference but don't know how? And uh, that's when we started thinking about how, like, what are the, the the few things one needs to do to like set up a Robin Army chapter in any part of the world, even if you're not there. So I think the first three months was just a lot of surprise because we didn't expect it to like mm. be adopted so easily and be to be so transferable. And it was really, really, it and still really is special. You know, I think like the best part of what we do is not the Zoom calls, it's not the interviews, it's not the uh, the group sessions. It's just going out and like serving people on the field. You know, that's um, I, I I would argue that a lot of us, including myself, we do it for ourselves because uh, it just gives you a lot of perspective. You know, that like a lot of things which you worry about in your day-to-day life are not that big a deal. You know, and there are folks out there who don't know where their next meal is coming from, but they're generally happy people. And uh, that's been like a big learning or a big reflection has been really help, really good for my mental health also, just knowing and understanding that. So those first three months, again, like seeing that in person was uh, very, very, very powerful and very, 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 uh, like it, it was just a very impactful moment. Yeah. You talked about doing it for yourself and not necessarily yeah. to empower others, although that is yeah. obviously a, a benefit. Do you Absolutely. want to unpack that a bit? No, absolutely. So, as I said, I think uh, one is for me and one is for, like, let's say, the Robins. Uh, I think most human beings just really like to help people. You know, I think that's why folks in network capital are helping each other. It's not like there's any benefit for them necessarily or anything transactional. It's just like you feel good to, like, be of service. I think through the Robin and Army, we've kind of realized that you don't need to be someone influential, you know, or someone who's very connected or who has deep networks to like really make a difference. Like it's very easy to like 
uh, have meals with the family they realize that their child is not going to school and then probably like sponsor the his or her education for the next one year it does not take a lot of access or time uh, so but i think at some at one point we are traditionally groomed to think that you know like you have to do really really well in life and then when you do well enough that's when you start giving back um and what we realized like and not just like me and my co-founders but like probably at this point 180000 robins across the world uh that it's actually very simple and when you do it that sense of satisfaction or that sense of like just pure purpose you feel is it's it beats any appraisal it beats any promotion and uh, i think also another part of it is like and where you the part where you do it for yourself is you make lifelong friendships right because it's such a great shared experience you know where you're building something uh, which has nothing to do with like anyone's benefit uh, like personally like there's no money involved and every single person doing their free time you meet a lot of like minded people and these transcendent lifelong relationships and friendships so like uh we were actually joking about this it's been 7 years of the robinhood army and i think there've been probably 11 or 12 people who met their life partners you know just volunteering mm-hmm. with, with each other on the field um so i do think that uh there's a that while you're making a difference over hunger is a deep 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 problem not just in india but different parts of the world um the 7000 people in our country who will die of hunger today itself um one out of six probably will not have dinner and uh, no matter how much we scale we're still like very very far away from like making a dent to those numbers but i think what you realize is that it always starts from one you know and then like the act of constantly giving serving meals spending time winning trust trying to figure out how you can make a difference to people's lives that is such a just it's just got such a good network effect that at the end of the day you just feel or uh, much more connected to not just your team but the people you serve but ultimately yourself and that's why we have to unpack that bit right like how does it help mm. yourself i think for me that's that's kind of like how how it really makes a difference yeah 180000 people all done voluntarily uh, how does one become a robin what's the playbook like right right, right. so i think uh, as i mentioned earlier that we share a lot of what we do on social media so a lot of folks have been actually like seeing the work we do and earlier it would be in large cities like let's say delhi kolkata bombay hyderabad but now it's like in 255 cities and 13 countries out of which probably like 200 of them are in india itself so it's every corner of the country and every state of the country and it's very simple like one can either uh, just go on the website and sign up or uh, we have a whatsapp number which i will actually mm-hmm. just uh put out probably at the end of mm-hmm. this call and uh, someone someone can just send a hi on that whatsapp number and uh, and and sign up uh again the the very simple thing is that you the, the number is 8897196164 uh i think one key part of the robinhood army is there's no money involved so every single person does this in their free time along with their full time jobs and their families so the ask is literally 2 to 3 hours of your week right and uh, i think honestly like even probably mr modi is not too busy for that like anyone can take out 3 hours of their week to spend time with their community uh, as and when like people spend more and more time in the robinhood army 
uh, they start leading chapters, uh, which are like neighborhood pockets of every city, or they start leading separate functions, and then they might be spending more time um, in what they do. But the basic I act of just like going out for local drives and signing up through WhatsApp or the website would probably take like someone three hours of your week. Yeah, that's fascinating. We're definitely going to put the number, the WhatsApp number and the link of the form in the show notes. And we actually right. plan to send it out to our entire community. So hopefully so, lots of people will be aware of how to become a Robin. I'm interested in the network geometry a bit more. So can you explain that uh, uh, your playbook a bit more? How does things, uh, how do things actually become operational? How does a Robin start, say, serving people, reaching out to restaurants? How does that process work? Right, right. So I think there are two parts to it. The first part is what happens in a chapter or a city. And the second part is how do we kind of scale this uh, in a decentralized way across different parts of the world. So the first part is like the way the Robinhood army works is hyper-local in nature. So let's say uh, a, a Bombay will be split up into 32 different neighborhood chapters. So let's say in one neighborhood, uh, like Chambur, the food will come from residents of Chambur, uh, from restaurants in Chambur. The volunteers will be people who live in Chambur, and the less fortunate mm-hmm. will be homeless people, orphanages, old-age homes who live who are around the local locality. Uh, now, when someone signs up, right, on WhatsApp or or uh, the website, they are guided to their local WhatsApp group, right, and I that's see. where. Like, all engagement happens in terms of like people get information as to where the next drive is, the food drive, mm. like which, which what time of the day, which day of the week, and so on and so forth. And mm. people can actually like mark them, mark attendance, and go join a local drive. Now the way it works is that once people start doing regular drives, uh, Robins, they start taking ownership of the food piece, right? Mm. So like every Robin gets either one restaurant on board or sometimes they might get food for 10 people themselves, right? So mm-hmm. like the more Robins we have, the more people we can serve. Taking a step step back from that, there's this whole process called scouting. And scouting basically means identifying the people you're going to serve, right? So that's also something which needs to, you need to put some thought into it because uh, mm-hmm. especially in a place like that, you can't go to a place which has 500 people with food for 100 people, you'll probably be mobbed. So uh, scouting means actually driving around and kind of like analyzing and figuring out in every single cluster, how many people live like, let's say under flyovers or in front of a hospital or in certain orphanages, uh, talking to local government bodies or NGOs who've already done a certain uh, a first scan of, of like sizing the population needs to be fed. So through that scouting, we already know who are the people we're going to be serving. Through the WhatsApp group, people are mobilized. Uh, Folks take responsibility on getting food from different restaurants or different like uh, suppliers. And I'll go a little more into the supply mm. piece. And they meet at a central point. They make meals of all the all the food they collected. And then they go out and basically like like they actually go to these predefined clusters or places they mm. scouted and they actually give the food. Again, the key point is that one is it's not about giving the food, it's about spending time. And that's something which we mm. try to like inculcate in every single Robin. And uh, two is we really try to encourage the the, the members who've joined recently, you know, whether in their first drive or second drive, 
to kind of like really lead the drive you know because that's when they uh, so then they're not bystanders at one point they feel a much more ownership because they're doing it from a very early stage and two is uh, they also like we also kind of understand who the next generation of leaders are and who are the people we kind of need to bet on who will build, keep building out the rohan army so that's uh, how a food drive works now what are our food sources right and who are the right. like what so earlier it was uh, surplus food from restaurants and then what happened of course is actually quite interesting a lot of the restaurant owners who themselves would come for drives or, or they they would see photos of where the food is going they like look this is very like this is a great way of like giving back to the community i also want to cook freshly cooked food you know so the meals i make for my staff i will make let's say 50 200 extra meals and i'll give it through the rohan army and so that became another source of food uh then pandemic hit right and before pandemic actually a third source of food was weddings and it's right. actually quite ridiculous how much food there is in weddings like there was this one time there was a restaurant in uh, there was a, a wedding in surat and uh, 7000 uh, like with the surplus food we actually served 7000 people and like so so that that number also like really really crazy and finally there are also housing societies where like every apartment in a housing society gives one extra meal to the rohan army and so we kind of mobilize that and we serve it to people and lastly there are corporations so there are folks like uh, corp uh, or tfs who kind of have like kiosks across every uh, airport or railway station in the country uh, there's the godrej group who will give us dry rations or there are folks like akshay patra who we partner with because we have last mile connectivity or last mile distribution mm. and mm. so they give us meals or dry meals at scale so we again like mobilize and give to people mm. so that's the food mm. source bit of it and uh, yeah i think that would probably like cover how we go about it right i think the second part of it would be like yeah how do we spread this across and productize it yeah i'm very interested in the productization and uh, if you use any technology um, to make all of this happen or is it just like basic common sense and intelligence so we use uh, free tools of uh, whatsapp and facebook so at any given mm. point uh, my phone will probably have like 150 200 whatsapp groups of the rohan army uh, but we also do it strategically like uh, mm. we have let's say we have a group called the boiler which is uh, mm. the city heads of all the rohan army chapters in different parts of the world and uh, so on that specific group like if anyone is doing anything 200 or 250 cities get to know that real time you know and that's why very powerful so let's say uh, in 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 one specific city they realize that a lot of people who they're serving uh, meals to have failing eyesight right and this actually happened in pune uh, where they realize that like a lot of folks have senior citizens so they convince them that look we have a couple of doctors in our midst uh, we did a partnership with a private hospital uh, they took these folks to actually like get their cataract surgeries done 50 of them convince them mm. spend the day with them and got it done and then two people actually like 48 people improved the eyesight two people got the eyesight back and for me that's the real rohan army you know like how do you bring out the best of humanity using food as a medium so there are stories literally every other day like that or city head will probably share it on the boiler 200 other cities will get to see it and like okay, okay cool why not why why don't we do that ourselves and so that kind of like really uh democratizes doing good you know for lack of a better word uh again what we also use in the boiler are leaderboards so 
hmm. biggest days of distribution are Saturday and Sunday. Uh, because that's when everyone's <clears> off. Like we, we serve in a lot of cities through the week, but Saturday and Saturday, Sundays are a bulk. Now, every Friday evening, religiously, there's a leaderboard which goes out, which basically shows the number of uh, Robin Hood Army, uh, the number of people who've been served every single week in reverse descending order. You know, so let's say a, a, a Dhaka uh, is on that list and they see themselves as number 12. And uh, and let's say like they've served like 5,000 people the last week. And they see that, let's say, Jaipur is in the top 10 and they serve 12,000 people. So they'll actually reach out right. to the Jaipur folks and say, like, what are you all doing differently? And help us understand your story. So there's a lot of like cross-sharing and cross like learning from each other, which is something as simple as WhatsApp promotes, you know. So that's one yeah. piece. Uh, then there's, uh, in terms of like, what are the teams? Uh, okay, let's talk about technology first. Then every single uh, city has their own Facebook group, right? And the Facebook group will have their own, um, the, the, the Robins, um, the donors, the restaurant owners, and just the wider community or cheerleaders, you know, like to see like what's happening hmm. and how if they want to join. And they right. share their local updates there, right? Uh, right now, we are building our technology, uh, which kind of like solves for our, like, our next set of problems, right? So like right now, let's say what we're building out is something called, which will track active robots, right? So hmm. uh, right now, one bottleneck is we realized that a city is only as good, is sometimes as good as its leader. And that's also a bit of a bottleneck, right. and that's not scalable. So like, how do we get people to be self-motivated, whether there's a great city leader or not? And so we've come up with something, we've got a partner uh, who's kind of building this out for us as we speak. And uh, through that, uh, think about Foursquare, you know, back in the day where you could like check into a restaurant, you could check into a market. So now through that, we can basically, through a platform on our website, folks can check into a Robin Army drive in any part of the world. They can share that on their social media. Uh, and like the wider network can see it. Every time they check in, there's a kind of counter as to the number of drives they've done, right? Mm. And people will have different elements of like, like, let's say when they hit their first 10 drives and they're a Robin Ninja, when they hit their 100 drive, they're a Centurion. And then there'll be like probably, uh, there'll be leaderboards with uh, the most active Robins in the country. You know, so again, we're constantly thinking about ways to kind of like use product or use tech to kind of gamify what we do. And now we have a separate team which just fundamentally looks at data, you know, like um, how many Robins are like, at this point around eight to 10,000 Robins sign up every month. But is that enough? How many of them are coming one month later? How many of them are coming six months later? And what are the reasons which could be leading to like uh, people continuing hmm. and not? So those are things we're constantly looking at. And uh, we're slowly, slowly getting more and more specialized functions in what we do. Again, the key part is every single person is doing this in their free time. So it takes us some time to like string together best practices which we learned in our uh, professional worlds. But it's it's a lot of fun while we keep building it. Yeah, I can imagine. What does your week look like? It doesn't seem like you have too much free time. Yeah, I think my wife will agree with that. Uh, but but uh, my that's a that's an interesting question. I haven't. I don't think I've been asked that for a long, long time. So I, so my full-time job is I work for Google Pay. I look after partnerships there. So we uh, work with um, aggregators and we work with like large tech companies. 
and we figured out how do we like really make uh, user experiences better and more powerful and something which um, how do we make payments really really simple across platforms so in google i probably like work between i start early so i probably start like from 8 to like 6 o'clock and uh, i see i save that for work time you know and that's that's specifically for my job um uh, i think after that like it's a combination of like like probably like 6 to and probably 6 to 7 7:30 i will be taking out some time for myself spending some time with my wife or dog going out for a run and so on and so forth and then i actually spend time with our teams you know so we have different teams in the mm-hmm. robin army we have an expansion team we have a tech and data team we have a, a strategy you know team we have a, a partnerships team and like me and my co-founders we kind of spend different times with that and uh, i start go for food drives uh, at least once a week to just know, like know what's happening with different teams on the field so this probably happens a good 5 days a week right like and including the weekend but the two days i do right. do that i probably just spend time for myself like i catch up on reading uh, i think mental health has become a big focus especially since the pandemic uh something where just giving yourself time to uh recharge your batteries get to know yourself better make sure your room burn out like look out for your loved ones and make sure they look out for you so i've been spending a little more time just doing that uh but yeah the week does go by in a blur very very often uh during non pandemic times during non spread times i also try to like go visit uh different rohanami cities so that i do at least right. like two cities a month and again one part of it is just like spending time with the teams and just hearing back from them like what do they think is working what do they think is not working where could culture potentially be broken what could we do differently and then actually going out for food drives with them because i think no matter what someone says like when you're out of the field and you're like with them that's when you realize the full story so i think that's something sure. which i keep trying to prioritize and doing more and more of understood uh, another thing which uh, so the last thing i forgot like which i like i do love my sports you know so that's something which has always given me um just i think i actually like like my sports i enjoyed more from a mental health point of view it's just something which completely helped me switch off so i do play squash once or twice a week and uh, i do follow the indian cricket team so if anyone like even if the most boring cricket test match which is happening i will be uh like while i'm doing my calls i'll be watching it in the background like right now matches in my like one part of my mind is thinking what's the score right now but uh <laughs> but yeah so there are a couple of other things which i which i do in my week fascinating neil you talked about culture being broken um this is entirely yeah. voluntary and uh, it's it's right. a movement more than anything else right. uh what do you, what right. do you do when you notice culture is broken and uh, give me a case study when things sort of started backfiring and what did uh, the organization do to respond like so i can do a whole masterclass on that you know like there's so many incidents <laughs> and there's so many things to learn from you know like it's very fascinating to say that like you know everything is all right but it really is so like so it's good to like like there are a lot of like deep learnings to share from that so one thing i've realized or we've realized is that uh people who are in the robin army are very very passionate people you know like these are folks who really really want to give back and they found this medium by which they can like help people and it's very like we don't really have too many rules except don't collect money in the name of the organization so people can really innovate and change it for what they want but because of that they have very strong points of view now 
initially it was folks like let's say young professionals who were doing this in their free time along with their offices so you speak like you speak a certain kind of language you hang out in similar places and uh, culturally like very uh, similar and homogeneous which is not necessarily a new thing uh, is not necessarily a good thing because a lot of group think you know everyone has the same ideas everyone has the same blind spots now i've seen that the robner army has literally people from every single walk of life right uh, mm. there are homemakers there are students there are retired citizens there are doctors there are lawyers there are consultants and uh, obviously when people come in with a lot of different ideologies there could be a lot of clash of opinions right like oh this should be done in a certain way and this should be done in a different way so now let's say one case study is uh at a local level there's a fair amount of like visibility which comes to the robner army right so uh, people go out for like 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 let's say local radio interviews and so on and so forth so there's a one time where we just realized that uh, there's a lot of conflict about who should be going for those calls you know and like who is best representative to like uh, represent the robner army in a specific city and people would be arguing about that and that's when we came up with this caveat you know which just like literally said citizens first uh mission next robins last and hmm. what i mean basically by that is like let's say utkarsh and me are uh, part of a team and we are building something if we are arguing about what is the quality of the food we are serving people or uh, what like we have something called the robinson academy what is the curriculum of the of 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 uh, the syllabus we're teaching the children then we should argue and debate it out for hours to be like are both on the right page but if we are arguing about something which is not to do with the people we are serving which is about the team itself right then we are setting ourselves up for mediocrity you know so that just having that caveat you know like is your problem a citizens problem or is it a robins problem you know if it's a citizens problem then like you really should be worrying about it it's a robins problem you know just let it go and like like things will work out one way or the other So I think my one big learning from that is like it's so much easier to build culture proactively rather than reactively because otherwise you are mm-hmm. constantly in just trouble fixing mode and you're like oh this is what's happening and this is why I or Arushi or Sanjit or whoever's running it will say oh this is what my opinion is and that's not scalable you know like you can't be there for every single people problem where there is and uh, you have to kind of equip people with the tools to kind of deal with it themselves and like build their own culture so we've had two or three broad guardrails and we've had uh, like let's say seven or eight just uh, like culture culture values as to like how we go about what we do now the guardrails are really really simple um, one is there's no money involved and i can get into that like the earlier was very moral thing it's very strategic why there's no money involved right now so no one can like collect money in the name of the organization it's so decentralized that someone random could just be using the goodwill and making money and we don't want that so so there's no money involved and that's a rule for everyone the second rule is uh, there are no political affiliations right so it does not matter whether you're right left center whatever if you're here to serve people and you want to do something about uh, the less fortunate people in your, in your society just come and be part of the robin hood army but mm-hmm. no political ideologies because we just want to make sure that's inclusive to everyone and the third thing is again like we serve all religions right um, and again like we've seen some of our most uh, the most passionate of like givers might because of like like the ideologies or like 
uh, just the way they think. I say that, okay, no, we'll probably like serve this specific community. And I'm like, you know, like, if that's the case, then do that, but maybe not under the Ramanami umbrella, because we'll serve every single religion out there, irrespective of like, who believes what. So I think these are three guardrails, which if any new city is launched or any new country is launched, we're like, look, this is kind of the non-negotiable. Everything else is up to you. You know, like in right. like how you want to coordinate your drives, uh, how you're sharing stuff on social media, what kind of partnerships you're doing. It's completely up to you. And that brings a lot of innovation into what they do. And like, in fact, we learn things from our cities and which we then kind of try to scale across the uh, across across our cities. Uh, and then there's literally like, how do we do what we do? You know, how does culture mm. operate? And so we have this one session once a year where uh, all the city heads kind of like fly in uh, to one specific city. And over a day and a half, we kind of like just reflect on the last year, what's worked, what are the highlights, what's not worked, uh, what are our learnings, and what are our goals for the year ahead. And it's kind of like almost like a case method, you know, where people are just like putting in their thoughts and brainstorming. And we kind of like try to put like, these are our learnings from this. Uh, so in one of the early ones, we kind of try to define what does it mean to be a Roman, right? And like, what are some common values, but irrespective of which city or from what language you speak, or how regular you are, what scale you're operating at, you can kind of relate to. So they like a couple of things, like we have something called 1% done, which means like, no matter what, just realize that the problem is still always going to be much larger than what our solution is. So don't mm -hmm. get content. You know, like you have to always keep reimagining what you're doing and figuring out like how can you use that goodwill and all those people you have to mobilize more and more help. Second thing is something which we have called, um, and it's 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 quite uh, debated, but it's something called think less, do more. You know, which is like you know, like strategy is important, but execution is everything, right? By so, action. Like while you're strategizing and while you're figuring out the biggest plan. Like make sure you're on the field because that's the place which is going to give you all the answers. Uh, yeah. Things like that, we've slowly kind of built up our culture statement. And I just like, I we probably did it in the second or third year. I wish we did it in day one. You know, that's my that's my uh, takeaway. And it's something which like you always have to keep sounding off everyone. And you have to keep reminding yourself, you know, this is why we're doing what we're doing. Got it. Talk to me about money and why is it strategic not to take any at any point in the transaction? Right, right. So, um, so when we initially started, uh, it was something we did on weekends, and uh, a lot of folks would actually like join us because they believed in uh, the fact that oh, there's there's absolutely no scope of corruption or there's no scope of like. Uh, this absolutely clean people are just putting their time in this. So we believe in this cause. Mm. Uh, so right. it was more moral than strategic. I think now what I realized like six or seven years on the line, and honestly, I would love to do this seven days a week, 15 hours a day and like pay myself a salary and our, our core team and figure something out. But what we realized is that it's a platform and not an organization. And we are just the representatives mm. and, you know, and there will be a time when there are other folks who might work better than what we do, who will replace what we, what we are doing. So it's not about our balance, but it's about like what makes the organization tick and three things here. One is specifically ownership, 
right? So there's a gentleman, Rathi Uncle. Uh, he's a senior citizen. He leads a team of three, four thousand people in Pune. Uh, I think I mentioned this uh, when we last spoke. He does you a did. food drive every single night of the year, right? And uh, and there's so many like him. You know, for them, it's their baby. It's their purpose. It's why they like. It's 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 what keeps people going. And the second you pay someone a salary, right? Like for some reason that ownership or that this is I'm part of a wider community and we're doing everything we can to make a difference. That purpose across like tens of thousands of people disappear, like like uh, becomes lesser. And you don't want to kind of mess with that. You don't want to mess with what's already working. Rati uncle is much more important to the Robin Army and the people who are touching than I am, right? Because he's making a difference on the ground for like tens of thousands of people in in Maharashtra and Pune on the field. Uh, so you don't want to mess with that core motivation of what people are doing. The second thing is partnerships, right? Um, it's really really simple to ask for people ask ask for help when you're not asking for money. Right, hmm. uh, and the pitch is always the same. That look, whether it's to a restaurant owner or whether it's to a large corporate, it's like, look, we're doing this in our free hmm. time. There's no money involved. This is our way of giving back to the community and country. Are you in? So, literally, if like, let's say the partner is a billboard agency, so we'll ask them, okay, what are the let's let's say how many do you have? How many unsold billboards do you have across this quarter? Are they 500? Cool. Can we have all of them for the Ramnod Army so that we can put the word out? And we have the moral right to ask for it, right? Mm. Similarly, the folks who are building us technology right now, like it's literally a, a four-member team which is doing this on the company account, and uh, uh, like they do it because they believe in the cause and because they want to kind of enable and and uh, what we're doing. Similarly, when we do like like partnerships with uh, an Uber or a WhatsApp. You know, an Uber will give us like rides worth hundreds and thousands of dollars. Or WhatsApp will give us a business API through which people can sign up online, which is generally paid for. So I think the, that you don't want to mess with that. You know, like the value of derived from these partnerships is worth like a lot of money. And the second I raise like even a dollar, that leverage is lost. You know, so that's something which is kind of driving more and more people signing up and more and more Rati uncles coming into the system. And the last thing is uh, just expansion, you know. So every time we get into a new city or a new country, uh, we are just like, we don't need to do due diligence. We don't need to find out like what is someone's financial history. Uh, are they, um, like, do they have the resources, the licenses to set up the Robin Hood Army chapter, Robin Hood Army, wherever they are. Like, it's literally a Skype call for, like, let's say, an hour, where first it's a cell where we are trying to get the person excited about what we do and we're like, look, this is how we do it. And are you in? And then we're trying to gauge that does the person have a bias for action? Uh, do they have local networks we can top and tap into which will help grow the Robin Army? And more, most importantly, are they doing it for the right reasons? Is their heart in the right place? And hmm. if it's a yes and a yes, then we just launch this. And that takes around six weeks, right? But hmm. if we have funds involved and if we have separate bank accounts and if we have due diligence, it slows down the pace at which we grow. So just for like context, like right now we serve around between one and a half to two million people every month. Uh, we do that across 250 cities. We have a expansion team which is uh, onboarding approximately five cities every week. And uh, the point is when that stops growing or when that stops tapering off, I'll probably re-examine the zero funds policy. But at this point, 
like I think conventional wisdom is just don't break something when it's working, and I think that's mm-hmm. the way we are thinking about a zero funds policy. Fascinating. Uh, talk to me about your goals for the coming year. I understand you're growing, and uh, you would like to expand your impact, your scale more. Uh, yep. How can people listening to this? Um, how can anyone who's uh, ever coming across uh, Robin Hood Army get involved? And uh, what's your focus? Right, right. So there are three goals, and I'll probably talk about the third one, which is where uh, Utkarsh and me, like we started talking about network capital and how we can play a role in like making a difference in different parts. Uh, that'll come in. So our metrics have always been very simple. The number of people we serve, uh, the number of cities we're in, and the number of kids who go to school for the first time. So we have something called uh, the Robin Hood Academy, which is basically, uh, we're teaching uh, children of the families we serve in their free time, in capsule courses of two months, and enabling them with enough education and just exposure to enroll them into government schools for the first time, right? So we do this across 150 cities. We've put around 3,000 children to school for the first time. And that's something we want to scale. So in terms of uh, our goals, is like we, we like right now we're serving around one and a half to two million people a month. We want to scale that to around four million people a month by the end of this year. Uh, we want like currently we are in 255 cities across uh, 13 countries. We want to scale that up to approximately 20 countries. And uh, we want to really double down on the countries which are kind of growing. And uh, we also, like, depending on how COVID and pandemic pans out, uh, just before pandemic, we started this whole system of how each city can adopt four or five rural villages, right? And provide them, like, meals for the month, uh, especially the ones who are uh, most affected, uh, who are least uh, equipped. So if if pandemic permits, uh, we focus and we deep dive and we do more with respect to that. Uh, I think one thing we've realized is that the model is really, really transferable and it's very, very scalable. And uh, case in point being uh, the second country we launched and probably one of, probably the fastest growing country is actually Pakistan. So we did not know these folks like they heard about us they reached out to us we kind of gave them the playbook uh out of the 85 million meals was the Robin army served uh pakistan alone have done 10 million meals out of which they served 9 million in the last year and a half right and that's when we realized that you know like if we have the right set of people who kind of like just adopt this model uh innovated according to their cultural nuances and use it to make a difference in their respective cities and countries, like the sky's the limit, you know, a lot of really, really good things can happen. So this is something where we were just like, we're hoping to expand deeper into South Asia and Africa, specifically, Mm. uh, places which have very large inequalities, uh, where there are folks who want to make a difference and don't know how, and which have social media, which will be a big part of like our expansion strategy. And, uh, we're hoping that, like, we, like Utkarsh has been. Thank you so much for all your, like, your unconditional help. It's not even help, but your unconditional help in like putting out the word. Uh, but we're hoping we have, uh, we we reach out to people in the community who might be interested by in doing this in their free time, and just like spreading more goodness to wherever they live in. 
you know, fascinating. No, I mean, I just reiterate that you have my support network capital unconditionally. And what you're doing is so important and so fundamental that anything that we can do, it's just like energizing to be involved in, uh, in, in our small way. Uh, just like uh, last question before I, uh, you know, let you go back to your cricket match uh, is um, when you look at, you know, when you look at how far you've come and uh, in terms of the organizational growth and transformation, um, how much of that is luck and how much of that is a function of great planning and great execution? It's a really good question. And um, let's put it this way. I say a lot of what we do is has been about being in the right place at the right time. Um, I think my uh, a lot of like learnings and mistakes which we made while scaling Zomato uh, are, are learnings which we kind of brought into like while building the Robin Army. Uh, a lot of the partners we uh, have and still have are folks who have got to know through Google and Zomato. So like being in the right place and even like at business school, a lot of the countries we launched in were folks who were my section mates or folks who, who were connected to me by uh, within the network to their respective countries. Uh, so a lot of it is right place, right time. A lot of it is also by design. I think uh, a lot of the places we kind of like uh, have been in, we've tried to proactively look out for opportunities to keep growing the Robinhood army. Uh, I'd probably say like a good 60, 70% is luck. You know, it's not in your control. Uh, but what I'll also say is when you have clarity of thought, uh, when there is a very positive energy in the team and when you are focusing on just the core mission, you know, which is serving more people, bring out the best of humanity, there, te there tends to be much more luck than the, when there is not. So uh, I don't know whether that's a cause, an effect or <laughs> both maybe, but uh, it's something where like you shouldn't bet on your luck for sure. But uh, I think with clarity and with just to focus, like things will fall into place. And it's something where like, let's say last year we were, uh, this was in the peak of pandemic and we started something called Mission 30M, where we were looking to serve 30 million people across uh, a month and a half, across all our countries. Uh, and this was a time where people were out of jobs, migrant laborers were going back. And we really had to change the game of like the, the scale at which we were serving. Uh, we didn't end up serving 30 million people, we saw 23. But it is incredible the amount of generosity which there are out there in the world. You know, like uh, folks who are running businesses, folks who are like in media companies, like they're just looking to help and they're looking for the right people to like work with and help. And I think there's one thing which like I kept telling our team is that, you know what, like, we're doing it for the right reasons. Luck will come in. Like we haven't figured out the plan, but things will work out. And like, I don't know how we made 30, 30 million, but we'll figure it out. So I do think that, and this is not just from my altruistic perspective. I think if like you're very, very, very true to your mission, whatever that is, right? It could be building a tech company. It could be like building a nonprofit. It could be like captaining a cricket team. If you really deeply believe in it and you're just like uh, approached in a very, very authentic way, 
uh, things will take care of itself and the right people will come to your life in the right times and call it luck call it good fortune uh but things do fall into place as well it was a fascinating conversation um, we had to just to actually like um reverse and ask the same question to you, you know, because <laughs> um, it is a very interesting question i'd love to know like what like what your take on this is yeah you know neil my answer would not be very different from yours uh, it's very difficult to plan but you know both you and i are builders of or we're trying to build a movement uh, let's say that uh, of course there are different aspects of it and i did start with a very simple idea uh, that people everyone has something to learn and something to teach there really should be a mentorship ecosystem for everybody uh, i thought like you i was at microsoft i will do that uh, you know after my work whenever i have time and at some point just the mission took over and i knew that i had to do this 24/7 365 um and that moment happened in the middle of the pandemic um there was some design there was some uh, you know purity of vision and implementation but there was a lot of luck and uh, in my book neil i talk about something called the luck surface area which is what i thought you told very poetically which is doing great things and telling lots of people so when i look at uh, robin hood's case study uh, or basically the story that you've told you were doing incredible things the robins uh, in particular everywhere and then through social media you were able to scale intimacy so if you look at the luck surface area mental model it really fits in perfectly so even luck can be designed and i think in my own small way in in your way maybe we've tried to do that right right well i love that i love that term i just made a note of it while you spoke and um, but but again i think like what just like a lot of luck and a lot of like just momentum can be gauged by energy and uh, the energy you see in like the network capital groups and just how invested people are like even like and i'm a i'm an observer you know like i i've been seeing it over the years when people meet up in different parts of the world they also feel that sense of community they feel that sense of purpose and uh, hats off to you and every single person who's been building this and enabling this and like excited to see what lies ahead yeah i'm excited to see what partnership with folks like you yields and again you have our unconditional support and we're going to make sure that uh, the link and the whatsapp number and all other ways in which people can reach out is available there's also a case study uh, on robin hood army uh, uh, by harvard business school that i encourage everyone to check out and read uh, whenever you're free um thank you so much neil we really appreciate it and look forward to having you back with us